Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinny Wiley. This week, Pacific AFL teams are backing their chances at the International Cup. Futsal goes from strength to strength in Oceania, and the PNG Hunters live to fight another day. But first, Fijian golfer Vijay Singh has arrived home to a hero's welcome as he prepares to contest the inaugural Fiji International Tournament in the Natandola Bay course he designed. The 51-year-old has won more than 50 professional titles across a career spanning more than 30 years and finished in a share of 36th place at last week's final major of the year, the PGA Championship. He headlines the field for this week's event alongside fellow major winner Nick Price and says it's nice to be home for the first time in eight years. Seems like a lot more people recognise me this time around than when I did when I came here before to build the golf course. I think the publicity about the golf course, the, the tournament itself, probably made a lot of people aware that I was coming back. And uh, it was nice, you know, rode around uh, my old uh, stomping grounds, uh, you know, where I grew up, the golf course where I grew up, and uh, the house where I was. Uh, brought up, you know, and it was, it was nice. A lot of people knew me around there as well, so it was nice and I'm you know, really excited to be here. Vijay Singh is hopeful that the tournament and his presence might encourage more young Fijians to give golf a go. I hope so. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, it's a very different environment for golf over here uh, for kids because they are, you know, their mindset is to play rugby, to play soccer, you know, and... Uh, you, know, you can't just go to schools or have academies for kids to come and play when they don't even have any idea what, it, you know, what golf really is. But this is a start, and uh, you know, I think a caddy program would probably involve more kids, uh, you know, earning money at the same time learning the game, and that's how you kind of build up a foundation for, you know, for kids playing golf. Uh, but they should also have, you know, my plan was to have an academy here when you build it. Uh, it's supposed to be a huge academy here, and uh, maybe in future we're still gonna. I'm still looking into that. Uh, there's uh, a lot of opportunities over here, and there's a lot of kids around that. You know, if you educate them the right way, it will. You know, their potential to. You know, their physique. You know, is really good. They're. You know, they're athletes from the very young age. So, and I was talking to my brother. And he said there's a lot more young. Fijian golfers that you don't hear of are around, you know, just that they don't have, don't have an opportunity to play. So uh, hopefully this is going to be a start for that. That's a Fijian golfer Vijay Singh. The first round of the Fiji International tees off on Thursday. The Papua New Guinea Mosquitoes are confident they will again be among the title contenders as the AFL International Cup heats up over the coming fortnight. 18 teams are vying for the men's title, which is contested every three years with seven teams lined up to enter in the women's draw. PNG won the title in the men's draw back in 2008 and were beaten in the final by Ireland three years ago. Captain John James was involved with both of those teams 
It says it's a new look side this time around. Compared to the last two uh, World Cups, uh, this this year ones are pretty much half of the boys are new, and they're all at the age of 18, between 22 and 18, so which is a good experience for them as well, and to get into the game. And so yeah, no, it's been good. Uh, all, all the new faces, is that a case of them just being talented and coming through? Have a whole bunch of people stopped playing or retired or moved on? And pretty much everyone's getting old, so everyone, yeah, all have retired and some drop form and stuff, So, which is good as well to bring the young one up. A lot of the score lines for yourself and, and Nauru and uh, and even Tonga uh, at the weekend were, you know, very large and, and your opposition was only getting, like, you know, a goal or a few behinds uh, in response. Do, do you think about the score or are you guys focusing more on the performance that, that the team puts out? At the moment, we don't worry about anyone, like how the other teams are going and stuff. What we're worried about is ourselves, how we go on the field, how what we do, and in order to play as a team to get the win, make it to you know, get a win, and then go on to the next, and then worry about the next one if we play. And uh, PNG John has a lot of success at this tournament. You won it six years ago, last time you made the final. Uh, do you think you can go all the way? We have the confidence to go. I was making on to the big one and stuff, but. It, it just depends on how we boys go, like individual boys and as a team, like we have the confidence in ourselves. So hopefully we can go on to winning and, this one. And and how does this one compare? There's I know there's a few more countries. I think there's still 18 teams in the men's division. Uh, you know, there's a lot of new countries that are coming in, getting to play the game more, and the game continues to grow. And there's you know the international scholarships and all the South Pacific teams that play as well. Uh, what, what, what's the sort of feeling like in Melbourne? You say like it's international club and representing your country, which is something so special and stuff and seeing other countries like it's just something that something so great and playing against other countries and stuff which something so great too all right and 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 i guess the other thing john is uh this time around it's just uh the mosquitoes uh the the women's team unfortunately couldn't make it so uh i guess you've got added responsibility to do well for for your fans and family and everyone back in png yes unfortunately for them they can't make it due to some reasons of them yeah but as a mosquito team and stuff we have the confidence so hopefully we can do well and make our country proud as well that's the png mosquitoes afl captain john james naru fiji and tonga have also entered teams in the men's draw with fiji and tonga entering in the women's competition as well The Oceania Futsal Invitational is back for a second year with local teams hoping to wrestle back the title from their Asian counterparts. Last year's event was the first time countries from outside the Oceania Confederation had been included, with Australia beating Malaysia in the final and New Zealand the highest placed local team in third. Oceania Football's Futsal and Beach Soccer Development Officer Paul Atui says countries in the region are starting to put more time and effort into the five-a-side game. The idea for us of having the Asian team is as we build our futsal program in OSC, we want to improve the technical, tactical level of the game. And having um, Malaysia here is, is great because we recognise that the Asian uh, confederation, you know, the, the level of futsal is considerably higher than ours at the moment. But uh, I think if we can bridge that gap a little bit, it's going to be great for us. Also, Malaysia played a lot more games in the last year and uh, we can learn a lot from them. I think, and they have a, a really good style, very fast, technical style, really, really good players. So, uh, yeah, it would be very interesting. And the best of both worlds, because, of course, you've got Malaysia this year. Last year you had a couple of teams, but next year it's a World Cup qualifier for the Futsal World Cup. So just back to an Oceania affair, and I guess, you know, they still 
get their direct qualifying route through that tournament. But in the intervening years now, you get the chance to, as you say, play teams of a higher standard and, and, and try and uh, improve yourselves. That's right. And I think we saw with Solomon Islands last time at the World Cup in Thailand 2012, even though they hadn't had uh, really enough games, they were still able to, to get a victory. They beat Guatemala 4-3 in the final game. And I think the long-term goal for us is to try and get a side that can qualify for the second round, to get out of the group phase. And I do think it's achievable if we, uh, the teams concentrate on the right things. And particularly for the team that wins next year, uh, I think you know if they have a good program for a year to 18 months leading up to the World Cup, I think they can... Uh, really equip themselves really well in Colombia in 2016. The Solomon Islands have been dominant in the Oceania region over the last few years, winning four Oceania titles. And as you say, they've been to the last couple of World Cups representing the Confederation. But they're not here, of course. Uh, New Zealand uh, are putting more investment and more time into this futsal team. Uh, uh, do, do, do you see the Oceania team starting to invest more money and invest more time and, and more expertise and, and focus in this area of the game? For sure. I think most... Uh, Member associations now are recognising that uh, futsal and beach soccer are perhaps the best opportunities to, to do well on the world stage. And I think you know, we can include Vanuatu now, who you know, are slowly but surely building the, the futsal program from grassroots through youth and through to the elite level. Tahiti, I would say, are a real standout. They, they understand the long-term vision. They understand uh, you know, what it takes to to have success at the top level and I think we just need to look at the success of Tiki Tour and the whole hosting of the Beach Soccer World Cup last year to see that they uh, they understand the requirements and I, my understanding is that they have a similar feeling about futsal they want to achieve in the same sort of way so they'll definitely be ones to watch over the next few years. Such a strong showing at that uh, Beach Soccer World Cup, as you say, and obviously the full 11-a-side team was at the Confederations Cup just last year as well, and I think they've got one of their players from that that's a part of this futsal tournament, so you know there's some real cross-pollination going on. That's right. Normally we, we, we see specialists, futsal specialists or football specialists. Everyone's uh, very interested in seeing uh, Tia Nui, the Tahiti player today. He's, uh, he's very highly regarded in football. He's a, he's a real goal poacher. And uh, sometimes the skills don't translate to futsal. Sometimes they do. We've seen um, some big-name players, I guess you could say, from football come over to futsal in the OC Champs. And sometimes the techniques, particularly the sole of the foot control, they struggle with it a bit. So, yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing him. And uh, are you confident that the Oceania teams can uh, can be competitive and that they'll continue to improve at this level? Oh, for sure. I, I think so. And, just uh, I was down at the stadium yesterday looking at the trainings. Every year for me, it looked a little more professional. It's a good feeling down there. Everyone's very, very keyed up, ready to go. And I think we're going to have some close games. And I, I wouldn't want to pick any of them. I think the interesting thing about this tournament is that I think it's going to be the closest one we've ever had for sure. I couldn't pick it. And as was mentioned in that interview, defending champions Australia have skipped this year's event, which kicked off on Tuesday, along with four-time winners the Solomon Islands. The Solomons Football Federation says a lack of finances and weighing up priorities is behind their decision not to enter a team. A normalisation committee was established last year in the country to run the National Federation following a period of financial difficulties. Chief Executive Officer Neil Peloso says the decision was made to focus their resources elsewhere. The Solomon Island Football Federation is currently on the normalisation uh, uh, administration. The decision of the normalising committee is to 
concentrate on the preparation of the World Cup and uh, they, they see uh, this invitational championship as uh, it could be used as preparation but they said the main objective in the roadmap was to see ensure the, the administration is really well running, have proper infrastructure, have local competition. These are the priorities before they go into the national competition. So that, that's basically the reasons why uh, we could not put a team uh, at uh, this year's uh, championship. Yeah, I guess you have to make some very tough decisions, don't you, in terms of that uh, financial outlook? Because you know, obviously, the futsal campaign is is one that you guys have had so much success with. But you have to sort of weigh up, you know, one team against the other, one national program against the other, uh, domestic versus abroad, and uh, I, I guess what you can afford. Again, the, the decision I think also is very important because out of last year's participation, we we, we saw there's some uh, there's a lot of areas to improve on in terms of the curriculum as far as curriculum is concerned, and there. I think that is also part of the decisions to ensure that when a World Cup campaign starts, uh, which starts very shortly, we will ensure a good team is in place for for the for, for the World Cup qualifier. Because uh, after last year's event, obviously you didn't win the Invitational, and there were some uh, you know tough results there. Um, Dixon Kadara said at the time it was a wake-up call for the national setup, and that you know as you've sort of indicated, then a lot of improvements need to be made. So the fact that you can't return to that event and either show some improvement or um, you know, get some more valuable matches is, is quite unfortunate. But are you confident that the Kurukuru will have a strong build-up to that 2015 qualifier event? Yes, I think we're pretty confident, even though we will miss, the, for example, maybe three quality matches in these um, competitions for preparation. But we also have program in place, uh, which will give them some quality matches for the, for the, for the World Cup qualifications. And uh, again, as I said, after the Champions last year with the results, uh, again, the team came in. There's no league in place uh, currently. And, uh, well, it's really a World Cup call, but I think we don't take that uh, correctly when we come back. There's, there's obviously lack of preparation also. So what is the situation in the Solomons in Honiara at the moment for the players that are typically a part of this team? Are they... Are they training? Is there are there coaches in place? Um, I understand that the training facilities are a bit tough at the moment because you've previously used a basketball court, but uh, you don't have any facilities at the moment. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, well, there is no proper uh, football facilities here in Solomon Islands. We're actually using basketball courts uh, and even uh, grass fields to play football, and uh, I think that is also one of the very very uh, important decisions that the normalising committee want to see. There's a proper court that the team can use every day and uh, and even have a league that they can play for a certain period of time that will that will get the game uh, to another level and that, that's basically is uh, one of the important decisions that the normalizing committee made. We need to prepare well before we go and compete. So uh, also part of the roadmap now is to ensure that we we we, we want to see um, a proper court in place for the team to use with the players. Uh, after they come back uh, from the invitation in 2013, uh, they went back to their various clubs, and actually there was some local competition organized by clubs and stuff like that, but there's, there's not really any competition that the Federation is organizing to, to, to get basically it's because there was lack of facility. With the lack of finances, you know, at the current point, as you guys are trying to get things in order, is it realistic to, to think that you guys will be able to build these facilities or, or put these in place at some point? 
current work we're doing, uh, FIFA is, uh, is assisting us to ensure we have the old doors in place. Also, the normalizing committee also sees that during the term they want to see a futsal code actually been built. So uh, we're hoping, and, and I think uh, discussions are currently now underway with the, with the FIFA Development Division. To, to get those things go up and running at, a, at the football academy. In, in terms of the normalisation uh, committee, uh, Neil, what, what's the sort of status of that at the moment? How, how much longer does that last? The term de- uh, uh, deals uh, at the at the end of uh, the December, which is 31st of December. But um, uh, again, FIFA will decide whether they will actually uh, end that time or if they need one or two more months to extend. That's the Chief Executive Officer of the Solomon Islands Football Federation, Neil Peloso. The Papua New Guinea Hunters have kept their playoff hopes alive in the Queensland Cup Rugby League competition after winning their fourth match in a row at home. In front of their loyal supporters at the Calabond Stadium, the Helm side rallied from a 20-10 halftime deficit against the Ipswich Jets, piling on five unanswered tries in the second spell to run away 40 points to 22 winners. That cuts the gap on the fifth-placed Jets to just one point with three rounds remaining. The Hunters are away this weekend to the Wynum Manly Seagulls, before their final match of the round robin against South's Logan Magpies. The team then has a bye in the final round. Meanwhile, the Newcastle Knights have appointed Fiji Bati coach Rick Stone as the NRL club's head coach for the next two seasons. Stone will take over from Wayne Bennett at the end of this year, who has opted to rejoin the Brisbane Broncos from 2015. The 47-year-old Stone served as an assistant to coach Michael Hagen and Brian Smith when he first joined the Knights and was promoted to the head coaching role midway through 2009 after Smith was sacked, but he stepped back down upon Bennett's arrival at the club in 2012. Stone also coached Fiji to the semi-finals at last year's Rugby League World Cup. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.